God for each and every one of you this morning. I don't get a lot of opportunities on Sunday mornings, but I do love the dimension that's afforded on a Sunday morning. And I do believe I have a word from God that will carry over uh, and help us this morning. So you can open to 1 Kings 17. And before you, uh, we get going there, I want to uh, do a little follow-up. Um, how are you doing with your digital addictions? I would highly recommend, and I don't do this, usually I don't recommend my stuff because it sounds self-promoting, but it's just one of those sermons that everyone needs to hear. Uh, So if you didn't hear Digital Addictions, um, uh, you can either get it from the media room or let me know and I'll have them unlock it. It's under lock and key right now because there's some things that are associated with it that are going on that um, I don't want it to get out too soon, Uh, but I'll unlock it for you to watch it. Uh, It was recorded, but how are you doing with your digital addictions? Um, Have you been re-evaluating and adjusting your mindless, compulsive behavior on your devices? Uh, Have you fired the digital babysitter? Needs to be fired. How about the kids in video games, kids in devices? Uh, Did you read the book, Glow Kids. Every single Christian, certainly parents, should read the book Glow Kids. It is filled with information that will blow your mind on what is really happening uh, through the digital arena. And have you begun to be productive reading books? Are you making better use of your time that you would usually sit and waste your time mindlessly playing games or searching the web or social media. And so that's my follow-up, just to remind you, because I have to remind myself every single day, because it's a very real infringement, and we don't want that to steal revival from our lives. Amen. First Kings 17. So we're sitting at breakfast um, Wednesday morning. It was right before Pastor Stevens got on an airplane to go to Bolivia. And um, he was he was doing a staff meeting with us. The evangelist was there, and uh, he was he was striking a certain tone in his spirit. And I was catching this, and then um, he asked Ernie and I, "So, what are you preaching while I'm gone?" Now, he usually doesn't ask that question, um, but there, there's things that God's doing that we're really trying to be tuned in with, and. And Ernie tells him immediately, and I said, uh, well, I thought I knew. I said, but now my antennas are up, and I'm not sure. And I will say that what I was going to preach is not being preached this morning, because I realized that I needed to be sensitive to something God wanted to give me. That same morning, I went to my office, and I began to prepare the love offering for the evangelist. And, I mean, just, bam, there it was. Uh, God planted this in my spirit just that fast. I said, God, you're good. And so, 1 Kings 17. Now, the Bible's great declaration of itself is found in Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and as a discerner, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, the Word of God is a very interwoven part of the Christian life 
When it comes to what God does, what He is able to do, and what He wants to do, that the Word of God is active on God's behalf. It's not just some stagnant thing, but it's, it's an active Word. And, and so when it comes to the individual, it now becomes important what our response to the Word of God is. Here's where so many err when it comes to trying to get back on track after a time of diversion or failure. Because you many times you miss the one most important factor in getting back on track is very simply just obey the Word of God. Just respond to the Word of God and you'll be surprised how quickly you'll get back on track. But we try all these diversionary things in our lives while we're avoiding the one thing that's going to bring life back to you, and it's the Word of God. Because what we're dealing with is the living Word of God. And the Word of God that searches the very deepest crevices of our lives and exposes those areas to us. Nothing, nothing can do what preaching can do for you. Nothing. Nothing. So this is important because it was Jesus, the Word incarnate, that came among humanity. He came in the midst of a spiritual darkness, religious dryness, and he made a statement in John 6.63, it is the Spirit that gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So as we turn to the text that I'm going to read and the story in the Bible, something very powerful takes place in this story that I'm going to preach from as the Word of God meets a woman's response. And that really is what God spoke to me in that moment and began to formulate my thoughts. When the Word of God meets this woman's response, and I will say when the Word of God meets your response, okay, supernatural things will happen. Dynamic things will begin to shift that have not shifted, that have remained stagnant around you. Circumstances that have remained subservient to nothing but themselves will now become subservient to the Word of God. When the Word of God Meet your response. That's the title of this sermon, when God's word meets our response. 1 Kings 17, beginning in verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, that would be Elijah, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and says, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hands. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, a little oil in a jar, And see, I am gathered a couple of sticks, and I may go and prepare for myself and my son that we will eat and die. Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, 
But make me a small cake from it first. Bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. But thus says the Lord God of Israel. So that's what we're looking for. Thus says the Lord. That's what we're looking for. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So I want to preach when God's word meets our response. And I want to first consider the intolerable condition. So in this text is a severe famine that has hit the land. This is a very bad time. Elijah the prophet has prophesied this famine. He prophesied it under the wicked rule of King Ahab. And the effects of it were far wide and deep that even the prophet himself would be affected by this famine that he has prophesied. For him, God would command him to go to a brook that this brook would have running water. He supernaturally supplied by a raven that would come in the morning and the night would bring him a supply of food. So God set this man in this famine under supernatural conditions. But nevertheless, this is a very unbearable circumstance that people were experiencing in an entire region. The longer the famine remained, the more casualties that there were. Elijah's brook of water dried up. His raven disappeared. So God now has to provide for his men, which I will tell to all of you that one day you're going to go out and preach the gospel. God will provide for you. His brook dries up. The raven disappears. But here's a man of faith, and Elijah's faith remains strong in all of this. And he himself does not become diminished spiritually due to all that's happening around him, which is a very important part when you're dealing with famine in your life. That you don't diminish spiritually just because of the things you're dealing with in your life. So God then speaks to him. And redirects him. And the Bible says here in verses 8 and 9. Then the word of the Lord came to him and said, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. For I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So here now we are introduced to the famous widow of Zarephath. This woman has been hit hard by this famine. She and her son are in a very desperate situation. The day that Elijah shows up, the Bible says the woman is gathering sticks that she can go and prepare for themselves the very last meal that they have enough provision for. Her words are, I'm going to prepare this meal and then me and my son are going to die. Now, anytime you're at this place, spiritually speaking, this is an intolerable condition. 
The woman knew that her situation was intolerable, unbearable. And probably worse for her is having to watch her son. She didn't totally know how to go about changing it. As a matter of fact, within herself, she had no power to change this. So she simply does what she knows. She takes the last of her provision and she's going to feed herself and her son and then they're going to die. But I believe that God spoke to this woman or, or that rather that she had been speaking to God. Because God said to Elijah, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, I have to read into it, but I don't believe that God had necessarily told this woman or she was privy to this unfolding. But God knew something about this woman. And I I personally believe she had been talking to God. And God says, I have commanded this woman. She will provide for you. That God knew that this woman was different than many that were in that same famine. And God acts upon this spiritual component that is at work in her life. You know, you don't have to have it all together or be in the perfect scenario of life uh, for God to take notice. I want to direct you for a moment to this woman's bin of flour as I make the remainder of this point. Because her bin of flour was down to the bottom. There is nothing left after she uses what remains to make this last meal for her and her son. Now, This describes people here this morning. You've been facing intolerable conditions in your life. Trials and situations that have weighed heavy upon you. And you find yourself spiritually At the bottom of the barrel. You've prayed. You've trusted. You've believed. You've maintained faithfulness. But here you are. The bottom of the barrel. It was the words of Judah to Nehemiah. The strength of the laborers is failing me. That's how you can feel. You may be at the bottom of the barrel Season in your life or in your marriage, in your walk with God, in your finances. And let's also present the scenario out there of people that are simply dried up spiritually. You're sitting here, but you're all dried up spiritually. You're here, but something in you is very, very dry uninspired and it's been a process involving life that has got you there as they say life has happened you didn't respond well and while you may be finding a way to make it what you really need this morning you need a fresh touch of God something tangible Something real, something supernatural. This woman has done all that she knows to do. She's now at that fateful moment in life. She has succumbed to the realization that this is it. Can you imagine being there? This is it. This is our last handful. This will be our last meal and we can go no longer. That's the resolve she's come to. 
She has exhausted all of her resources. Spent all of her mental capacity. It's either in the hands of God or not, but this is it. I don't personally believe she realized what God was orchestrating. But this is where she's at. This is where a lot of people will quit, give up, give in to despair, or even backslide right here. Not because the world was so appealing, but simply we just lost heart. Just had a hard time believing God because... He didn't come through for me. How much longer, for those of you that have perhaps dried up spiritually, how much longer can you keep going knowing that you're dried up, unmotivated, or not interested in contending, or even seeing climate change? You're just there, existing, Maintaining an intolerable condition. So I want to then talk about the coordinating hand of God. I tell you, I got excited when God began to show me this because the potential here is powerful. You know, no matter where you're at in life, God knows, God sees. Do you believe that? I want you to consider what Jesus had to say about this widow. Luke chapter 4, 25 and 26. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months. And there was great famine throughout all the land, but none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath. In the region of Sidon, Sidon to a woman who was a widow. So God sends Elijah to this pagan woman when there were plenty of widows that day in Israel. Yet God says of this widow, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. So here's Elijah, the man of God. God is providing for him, but God has this woman on his radar. So it's time and the coordinating of events. She just happens to be on her last meal. Elijah's brook dries up. He can't stay there. See, God has a way of getting us to move. He'll dry things up so that we've got to move somewhere else. You don't have to. You can stay in that intolerable condition, but you'll spiritually die there. But here's this scenario that's unfolding and God said, he doesn't question it. He's just trusting God because it's already supernatural. I mean, come on, how many of you have your birds gone out your window, got you some food and brought it back to you? And I really believe this widow had been speaking to God. I don't know what the terms were. But there are a lot of ways that people respond to the trials Difficulties of life, and one of them is to speak to God, which is the only real solution and real answer. So, God goes to work doing what He does best 
he begins to coordinate a supernatural encounter. Now, this is where I want you to get caught up in what I'm saying. Okay, because the potential for things to shift in your life is powerful right here. He has a prophet that hears his voice and a widow that has a responsive heart that I say has been praying. Something going on there that attracted God to her. You remember when Daniel prayed in Daniel 10 and and he's seeking God and then the angel finally breaks through three weeks later and he says to him in Daniel 10, 12, Do not fear, Daniel. From the very first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. From the very first day. And I have come because of your words. Daniel, I heard you from the very first time you spoke out. See, you're going to have to recalibrate with that this morning. Just because you have not seen the breakthrough you're hoping for does not mean God's ignoring you. Doesn't mean he hasn't heard because I do believe that that's true of the righteous. That when you pray and seek God in spite of what you're facing and going through, God begins to coordinate supernatural encounters. This woman has no idea what God is already orchestrating. Elijah probably doesn't even fully understand. He just knows that God's going to do something. And I don't know at what point that he prophetically understood that God was going to provide for this woman daily, whether it was ahead of time or once he got on the scene, but that really doesn't matter. What I want you to see is how God is beginning to orchestrate this supernatural working, and I really believe That the climate change that we're experiencing in our country, our fellowship, and in our church has to do with prayers that God has heard and has coordinated His visitation. Not just some random thing, but I really believe it's prayers that God has heard and says, okay, it's time. Now think about this facet of God at work. God's seeking to coordinate supernatural encounters. In 2 Kings, under the ministry of Elisha, there's another famine in the land. And in 2 Kings 7, 1, Elijah said, Hear the word of the Lord, thus says the Lord. See, that's the type of ground we need to start treading on. The thus says the Lord type of ground. The supernatural ground that is ordered by the word of God He says, tomorrow about this time, a say of flour will be sold for a shekel and two says of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And so Elijah is prophesying what would take a miracle. This would not happen under normal circumstances. This is a severe famine. It doesn't just shift in one moment. And certainly you don't run into this type of resources this deep into a famine. So obviously... He's prophesying something that requires a miracle to such a degree that there's an officer. The officer of the king is standing there hearing this and he kind of cynically mocks the whole idea that that this word could even happen. He says, look, 
If the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And Elijah told him, well, you're going to see it, but you're not going to partake of it. Because you can't live in that level of cynicism and unbelief and partake of the supernatural. You can't have them both. And from the moment that this word is spoken, God begins to coordinate the supernatural. Think about this. So here's Elijah, and he's speaking this word. And in some other little area are these four lepers. They're outcasts. They're summons to basically a death sentence in life. And God begins to stir these four lepers. Now, I don't think that they understood that God was stirring them. But we don't have to always understand everything God's doing for him to do it. So God begins to stir these four lepers to do something that they would have never considered in their right mind. But they're now under a supernatural influence of God's spirit. You have to believe this if you're going to pray with anything that's going to make a difference. That when you are praying... That God begins to orchestrate. There are things behind the the scenes, things outside of your understanding, but God is beginning to do. And so here he is stirring this, uh, and and these men decide, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to march straight into the Syrian camp. This is the enemy. These are the ones that had a monopoly on everything in that famine. They had plenty of provision. We're just going to march right in. You know what? They take us and say, who are you? And kill us? What the heck? We're going to die anyway. So off they go. The march begins. Uh, they're on their way, not understanding. You know what? This spirit of God doing this. God is stirring this situation. As they march along, God begins to multiply their steps uh, to make it sound as the steps of an army. It spooks the entire Syrian army. They vacate their camp. These men show up. There's nobody there. They're doing backflips. Because there's all sorts of food, stuff. They're, oh my gosh. And then another thing that God then intervenes, because they come to themselves. Now, they, they don't have to share this with anybody. You know what? If we hold this to ourselves, it's not a good thing. Somehow their conscience dealt with them in the midst of that famine. In this event, all the spoils and the food of that became the fulfillment of Elisha's prophecy. Because God began to orchestrate something supernatural behind the scenes. Because this is what God does. And as we sit here, I have no doubt that supernatural encounters are already at work behind the scenes. Which would make me say to you, don't give up. Don't back off. Don't quit. Don't stop praying. Don't stop being faithful because you never know. And for some, it is a spiritual condition that God is going to heal That maybe you are in that season and you've made decisions and you've copped attitudes and all that. and But yet in your heart of hearts, you really do kind of want to change. And God knows this. It could be 
For others, it's a physical condition or others a financial or perhaps a supernatural conversion that God is coordinating. I don't know. All I can tell you is that I could go through and find you one after the other in the Bible of how God did this. He coordinates in order to fulfill His work. So let me then talk to you about the response that initiates breakthrough. So the Word of God comes to this widow woman, but it is not independent of the man of God. People today want to say God spoke to them, but they want to ignore the man of God, but you can't have both. God does not create conflict within Himself. This is why when we'll have a prophecy that speaks out, it Typically, it coordinates with what's already been spoken. If it's some out left field, outlandish thing, eh. because God typically does what He does through a people, and in specific through a man of God. But they want to ignore that. Well, I heard from God, and this is the "I don't believe in organized religion" crowd at their best. Well, how convenient you don't believe in organized, because then you can just say what you want, live how you want, come and go as you please, and you don't care. But anyway, I don't want to divert. And so in our text, verses 10 and 11, so he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, there was a widow, and she was gathering sticks. He called her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, And bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. She then responds, forget you. This is about me and my son. That's not what she did. She said, as the Lord God lives, I don't have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, little oil in a jar, and see, I am gathering a couple sticks to go prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now, this tells me that this woman was functioning with all the same fears and uncertainties we do. We're not going to make her this spiritual giant. She is living life. She's uncertain. There are fears. She's projecting the future. Her son. I mean, if you could only put yourself in the situation. But then Elijah said to her, this is what we're contending for right here. Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake first. Bring it to me. Afterward, make some for yourself and your son. No. <laughs> Sounds good coming from a preacher's lips, but trying to live this stuff is kind of hard. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, that's what I want to hear. Thus says the Lord. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. When the word of God meets your response. And the result is, verse 16, 15 and 16, 
She and her household ate for many days. And many days means it was a long, quite a long time before that famine broke. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. When the word of God meets your response, this is what happens. When we will simply stop trying to manipulate what we want out of the Word and and critiquing everything to make it fit our spiritual condition. and and Stop all the nonsense. Will you just respond to the spoken Word of God and watch what God will do? And there are three particular responses I want to leave with you that are here. The first of those is the response of faith. Because simply speaking, she stepped out and met the word of God with faith. That's what you call this. When you step out and you're making your last meal and God says through this man, give it to me first. And I realize that preachers today have taken that and manipulated it wrongfully. And woe unto them if they don't get their hearts right. But That's not what we're talking about. He came under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, and said, make for me first. And I'll tell you, that took faith to step out into that. And there are things some of you are facing uh, that it's going to take faith to step out into. Everything in you is trying to hold it together and, and just contain it all. You know what? God's saying, step out. Because this is always the key to supernatural outpouring and a miracle from God. Even if you're like the man whose son was demon-possessed and the disciples at the bottom of the hill could not deliver him, Jesus comes down from the mountain and in Mark 9, 23 and 24, and Jesus said, if you can believe, uh, all things are possible to him who believes. Uh, immediately the Father, the child cried with, and said with tears. This man is in anguish. He desperately needs God to move for him. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I thought I was believing. Then, then help me. You know what? Jesus did. Try to believe. Some of you feel that way. You're, you're trying so hard just to believe. God's not done. Don't accept your circumstances, the end result. This man's desperation and a little faith touched God. You can bring that to this altar today and touch God. In our text, the widow steps out of the natural into the supernatural. She didn't even know it. All she's doing is what she's being told by the word of God. Doesn't make sense to her reasoning, and it's not always going to make sense to your reasoning. But as she did that, she stepped right out of the natural, right into the supernatural, and God powerfully moved on her behalf. The first response is you must step out in faith. Second response, she responded to the word of God through the man of God. 
It was not an easy thing that Elijah was asking of her. The little hope she had became a little smaller now that she has to share the little she had left. This was no easy thing. And we do consider that when we're preaching. I realize that we sometimes step into lofty territory, but we have already considered. But listen, if we can't get up... uh, and God stir our faith for you, then how are we ever going to challenge you at a level that you can step out? And she responded to the word of God through the man of God. And this is where God's coordination became complete. This is important. Because this is where I believe some people are failing. There are things... That preaching has challenged in you, but you have not responded. But the way you have responded has been negative against the man of God. You think somehow God will speak to you independently, and at times He will. He will coordinate that, though, through what God is saying, through the man of God. Maybe you have not liked what the terms that the man of God has brought. Then all I can say to you is don't expect anything supernatural. And don't expect God's spirit to return to you in power. Because this is the way God moves. And until you respond to the word of God through the man of God. If you have an issue with the man of God then you have a serious problem on your hands and a serious roadblock to receiving from God at a certain level. Very important that this woman receive the word of God from the man of God. Because, you know, God could have done it anyway, right? He's God. He could have just spoke to this woman. But, no, there's something at work here that God wanted this interacting and coordinating. And that brings me to the third response that as she ministered to another, her needs were met. The classic response of so many, when in hard times and trials, when life is not going their way, is circle their wagons and think about me. I've done it before. Circle our wagons, think about me. But what I'm seeing is that this woman ministered to the need of another. It became the very catalyst that met her need. Let me say this. If you're going to pastor one day, you better learn this. Because you're going to be going through hell at times. And you're still going to have to minister to God's people graciously. This woman goes... And labors on behalf of Elijah's need. She sets out to meet his need first. Are you getting this? All the while, she has this glaring need of her own. And you know what? She didn't just do it once. She did it every day till the famine broke. So I'm not just talking about something we just do one time. No, I'm talking about a lifestyle But I'm saying this for a particular people this morning. It's for everybody. I'm saying it particularly to you that are spiritually dried up and disconnected. 
but you want to get back on track, then I would suggest you begin to reach out, make your life available to others, serve their needs, and God will move in a supernatural way in your life. I'll guarantee it. It's on tape. You can go back and review it on the video later. You'll step out of your little self-absorbed world that is due to circumstances, things that have played out, life that has happened, things that have gone on in you, decisions you've made, whatever. You'll step out and begin to try to meet the needs of others. Begin to focus your eyes on others first. Oh, it's not. That means you don't get to determine the level of it. God already has first. I'm going to set out to meet somebody else's need. I'm going to reach my life into somebody else's. And I'm telling you, you will not be able to... You will not have enough from what God is going to do to respond in return. Because it will blow you away what God will do. Supernatural. And this is what is happening in this powerful story. The responses that initiate breakthrough. And I declare to you that God has heard some prayers. And he is in the process of doing something. There are things behind the scene. There are things behind the scene that are orchestrating. I don't know how it's all working. I don't have all the answers for you. I don't have specifics for you. I'm just telling you, by the Spirit of God, that's coordinated with this sermon... There are people here, you're going to see something fantastic in the very near future here. But don't accept the intolerable condition. Respond accordingly. And watch what God is going to do. Amen. Let's bow our heads together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our hearts are open to God. We have a fantastic opportunity for something supernatural this altar this morning. Some of you, you need a fresh touch from God. You're faithful. You love God, but you're so weary. The strength God's going to give you at this altar today. And it's going to be the strength associated with faith. Don't understand it all. All I know is that there's something powerful that happens when the Word of God meets our response. And obviously the response I'm talking about is the positive, the good response, the obedient response, the faith response. And for some of you, God is even showing you right now that as I'm speaking, that not that you've been living in any unbelief or anything, but because you're so desperate, you've kind of circled your wagons a little bit. And as hard as it may be for you to have to Step out of that. I'm going to challenge you to step out of that. A lot of times what God requires, it doesn't make sense to what we see and what we're feeling. It doesn't make sense. But God is going to speak to you if he hasn't already. He's going to speak to you at this altar something very specific. He's going to tell you 
what he wants you to do. And in some cases, it's going to be hard. Lord, all I have is, it's okay, do this. I'm declaring to you what what I'm sensing as I'm putting this together and preaching it this morning is, is an orchestrating of the supernatural behind the scenes. It's happening. You're here this morning and you're not right with God. You know, that's an intolerable condition. It's an unbearable condition to be living life without Jesus Christ. Where do people turn? Turn to the bottle. Turn to prescription drugs. Turn to more relationships. Become more workaholics. Maybe addicted to drugs. Anger, whatever. I'm going to tell you what, you can turn to Jesus today. And though coming and praying is not going to solve every problem in your life in a moment of time, I'm telling you, He's going to do something in you so powerful. When I became a Christian, I didn't know all about this. I wasn't raised in this stuff. But when I became a Christian, though I still faced a lot of the circumstances I still had, the way I was able to just go about it, navigate and the joy God gave me in spite of it was amazing and you know what else happens a lot of the baggage you're carrying in your life the anger the addictions whatever they are God breaks them it's a win-win man you can only lose by rejecting Christ you can win big if you'll accept Christ in your life And I want to ask you, if you're here and you're not right with God, you're ready to get right. You're ready to give all that baggage to Jesus and start fresh. I don't know about you. If I was still living in the world and unsaved, not right with God, that would be awfully appealing. I remember when I came to that place. Really? I'll tell you, it was so real. But you're ready to pray today. We're ready to pray with you. To ask Jesus Christ into your life. Let Him forgive you. Cast all of your baggage at His feet. Walk away with a newfound hope and a joy in life. A a new lease on life. And though it will take time to sort through a lot of the things you're facing in life. If you'll serve Jesus, it gives you your best possible scenario. You're ready to be forgiven today. You're ready for your name to be written in what's called the Lamb's Book of Life. That means that when you die and face God, if your name is in that book, you go to heaven. You know how you get your name in there? You pray and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you live for Him. That's what you're ready to do today. I'm ready to pray with you. I want you to do something for me. I want you to lift your hand up to signify that's me. That's where I'm at. Thank you very much. Who else? Lift your hand up so I can see it. Keep it up until I can see it. Others here this morning, God's dealing with you. I'm ready. I'm ready to live for God. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus Christ. I'm ready to make the swap with God. Lord, you can take all my burdens of life. I'll take yours. It's easy. Who else with this honest heart? I'm ready. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Pray with me, please. Lift your hand up. Just put it up so I can see it. So we can acknowledge that. Thank you very much. Who else? 
There's others this morning. The dealings of God is upon you. Greatest opportunity of your life is right before you right now. Will you see it? Jesus standing, knocking at the door of your heart. Will you open it? That's me. Would you pray with me? Lift your hand up. Simply lift it up. As soon as I see it, you can put thank you so much. Who else? You can put that down. Thank you. There's others. Oh, I feel the grace and the love of God. Thank you so much. You can put that hand down. Who else? I'm not right, but oh, I want to get right. I'm ready. I feel it this morning. This is your time. You and God. God is going to meet with you. Supernatural. Orchestrate things that are going to change in your life that you can't do on your own. You've tried. You see the mess it's made. But you're ready. Surrender to Christ. You lift your hand up so I can pray with you. Who else would that be? These honest hearts. God is dealing. You're backslidden. Come back. Today's your day. Come back to Christ. Simply respond by lifting your hand. And I can see that. Uh, we'll pray with you. Uh, and Jesus Christ will change you. Who else? Along with these honest hearts. Very quickly. Anybody else this morning? Those that lifted your hand. You'd look at me eye to eye very quickly. Do you mean that? I believe you did. You meant that back here? God bless you. Do you mean that over here? Somebody else? There was somebody else. I need you all to come. Meet me. Just come. God's going to help you. These brothers are walking with you. They're walking with you. Young ladies coming. God bless you. God's going to help you. Today's your day. It's what God's been waiting for. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody else that raised their hand. Yes, there you go. Listen, church. Powerful things happen when God's word meets our response. This altar is all about a response. Whatever it is that this meant to you, whatever the spirit of God is stirring you, helping you with, convicting you about. If you'll just respond, the noise makes sense. You know, we'll go grappling our way in the dark and trying to figure out and we do it with a right heart. Guessing our way through, you know what we need? We need a thus says the Lord. And while I think that in part may be upon this sermon, God wants to give you a specific thus says the Lord. And that's what I want you to contend for at this altar because God is orchestrating supernatural things from the moment you begin to pray. He knows. Look, God knows. He sees. He's not oblivious. Let's trigger His hand this morning. Let's come to these altars. God is stirring. God is speaking. God is convicting. Let's lay it at this altar. Let's get a shift. You've been in a dry and weary land in your spiritual life. Uh, there's some things that if you respond, I'm telling you, God will send revival on your soul. But you're going to have to be willing to reach out beyond yourself. Uh, we get so self-absorbed. It's about me and the way I want to live. And that's fine. You can do whatever you want with your life. But I'm just telling you that there's a dynamic and a principle uh, that when you reach out beyond yourself, it's reciprocal and God does something in your heart. That's what we need. We need a fresh wind of God in our lives. Every personal person on a personal level today, you need a fresh touch of God. I need a fresh touch of God today. That's why we don't live on emotion. Because emotions change with the wind. One moment we can be on top of the world. The next moment we can be in utter despair. One moment we're 
ready to go to the nations the next moment we're barely holding off a sin in our life that's how fickle we are but God will help us God's not looking for perfect people he's just looking for responsive hearts that's where the supernatural comes that's where yokes are broken and long standing spiritual statuses are broken and revived and, and that's where God gets involved that shows his hand I don't know how long this lady had gone on but I guarantee she had been preserving and preserving in this famine it had been quite some time God had Elijah camped at that brook uh, how long he went on until he decided okay now I'm going to move And he waited until it was to the bottom of the barrel. Listen, if you're at the bottom of the barrel, don't let the devil lie to you that somehow you're all jacked up and that's why you're at the bottom of the barrel. No, life happens. Life happens. We're human. God knows that. All he's looking for this morning is a response, a fresh response, a fresh, wholehearted step of faith, uh, reaching out beyond yourself, Obeying the word of God that comes from the man of God. The moment Elijah spoke that prophecy, God began to move behind the scenes. I wonder if we could peel back the curtains this morning and just see what God is doing right now. It'll blow our minds. The things that are being orchestrated in individual lives and couples and families right now as we speak. God heard your prayer the moment you voiced it, the moment it left your lips. But the devil wants you to quit. He wants discouragement to overcome you. He wants you to think God didn't hear you. He's a liar. That's why he's called the father of lies. I'm trying to stir your faith this morning because we're going to pray and God's going to move. Oh, just take a moment and press into God. Let's wait on God. Oh, press into heaven this morning. Be specific with God. But listen for the thus says the Lord. Listen for it. God, have a right of way, Lord. Open the heavens today, my God. Move on behalf of your people. God, intervene by your hand. Confirm your word today, God. All I know right now is just like God. Well, I don't know what God's doing. He's doing something right now. Right as we're sitting at this altar, He's hovering. He's ministering. He's helping. Faith is reviving. Some of you are getting your thus says the Lord. God is speaking to you. God is directing you. Or He's bringing back a word He already gave you that you discarded as somehow it wasn't working. And God says, re-embrace it. Re-embrace it. Run with it. 
when he spoke to the prophet Habakkuk and he comes to God and he's vexed out of his mind. He sees all the social injustices of his day. He sees all the the nonsense that's happening, the corruption in the earth. And he pleads before God. And God, don't you see you're a righteous God? And he's really losing the victory over this. And God speaks to him and he says, wait. Take this vision, write it, then run with it. He didn't answer it right away. But that is when Habakkuk came to the conclusion the just shall live by faith. God didn't do everything he wanted right then, but he, but he spoke to him. He refreshed him. And you know what? The just will live by faith. You know what I'm resorting to? I'm living by faith again. I'm trusting God at his word. I'm, I'm re-embracing some of the old promises God's already given me. Some of you are in the same trial. You've been for months and months. Uh, but somewhere in it, God has spoken to you already. He gave you a word uh, You need to dig it back up. Because God says, remember it. I haven't fulfilled it. That means don't forget it. Because God's a God of His Word. Oh, God's helping some people here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful God. Oh, just wait on God. I was told one time six or eight months ago we were in a service like this and God was very evident and the service was over. The brother came to me and said, you know what? Sometimes let it linger a little longer because God was ministering and I took that to heart. Let's linger a little longer this morning. Let God break through into your soul. Let Him dispel the despair. Let Him dispel the dryness. Let Him dispel the unbelief, the struggle with faith and fill yourself again today, right now. God's word meets with your response. Things begin to orchestrate. And I have no doubt in my mind as we're here today, there's some things orchestrating. And you're going to have some testimonies in the near days to come. Listen, I fully believe and my heart is set that one day, and I'm praying it sooner than later with the climate change, that we're going to start experiencing Book of Acts stuff again. I'm talking miracles and workings of miracles. I'm talking about laying on hands of the sick. And the Bible says, you know how many times, and I take note of this because I've studied this through very intensely, that it says Jesus healed them all. I'll be quite honest with you, as many times as I've stepped out, I've never seen 100% miracles every time. I would love to. I contend for it every time. This isn't wishful thinking, folks. This has a thus saith the Lord on it. Because it's through His Word. Why don't we stand to our feet right at the altars? What I want you to do when we begin to worship, I want you to offer 
your circumstance and your services up to God. That means that you're going to leave them at this altar in the sense that not that you don't worry about them anymore or you don't do the natural things that you have to do. That's not what I'm talking about. But in the sense that they're in God's hands afresh today. And that I'm not going to circle the wagons of my life because life has happened. And I understand I've been there. But reach out beyond yourself again. Watch what God will do. And what I'm believing God for right here is some supernatural workings in people's lives. I'm believing God. There are long-standing circumstances that are represented at this altar that have frustrated you. They've diminished you to some degree. They have wore on you. They have wearied your soul. Matter of fact, I want to do something as I'm speaking. If you're here and there's a depth of weariness on your life, I'm not just talking about you got vexed at something this morning. I'm talking about something that is wearing on you. Wearing on you. You're doing everything you know. You've stayed faithful. God bless you. You need a fresh touch of God. I want you just to make your way to the front. Make your way to the front very quickly. That's you. I realize it may be the very minority here, but even if it's one, God wants to refresh somebody here. I'm talking about it's really a yoke. You get the victory at times, but man, you're back there again. Trying to believe God. You're like that man. I believe, Lord, then help my unbelief. The devil hops onto that, torments your mind. You need to come. A fresh touch of God for you today at this altar. Fresh touch of God. There's others. We're waiting. Come. And when we pray, and I pray for these, I want everyone to claim whatever it is that you need to claim before God. You need to surrender whatever it is you need to surrender. And we need to touch heaven today. Okay, those of you, you're here for that prayer. Lift your hand so I can know who you are. If you come, just come a little forward. That way I can get a little forward and just kind of move back a little for them. Come as close as you can to me if your hand is up. Okay. Oh, thank God. Pray with me, this church. Pray these in the front. Say, oh, God in heaven, I surrender to you today. I know you're sovereign. You know all things. You see all things. God, I need your help. Refresh me today. Lord, I take the things that are burdened to me. I place them on you. God, renew my faith. Give me hinds feet in high places. Give me ability that I don't have. Cast my weakness upon you. I receive your strength. Lord, I'm praying for a miracle. A miracle breakthrough. Father, I receive it today. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands if you're being prayed for. Help me pray, church, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, refresh. Refresh right now in Jesus' name. Refresh in Jesus' name. Renewed in Jesus' name. 
touch right now. Renew her in Jesus' name. Oh, God, refresh right now. Touch this family. In Jesus' name right now, touch, Lord. Spirit of God, touch. Break the yoke right now. In Jesus' name. Touch him right now, Father. In Jesus' name. Touch in Jesus' name by your Spirit. Miracle power right now, Father. Miracle power. Oh, God, renew by your Spirit in Jesus' name. By the Holy Ghost, my God, move. Touch him right now in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, break through. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Touch right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, touch right now. Yokes are breaking right now. Oh, the blood of Jesus touches and heals right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yea, the Lord would speak unto tonight, saith God. And know that I have heard every prayer. Yea, I have even seen the anguish. And know that the Lord is going to move on your behalf. Only don't let despair be your portion, saith God. Only embrace again the promises of God. You would say, but how, Lord? I don't understand. I don't see clearly. Yeah, I'll make them clear to you. Only come again in fresh faith and know it doesn't take a lot. And know that I will move on your behalf. Many prayers that you brought before me. I'll refresh you even right now, saith God. A yoke will be broken on your life. And know that I will move for you, my daughter, saith God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you right now. Seal it in Jesus' name. Touch right now, Father. Touch right now. Oh, God, by your Holy Spirit, Father. Break the yoke in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God. Would you worship him together? Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Amen. You need a thus saith the Lord in your life. I tell you, He'll bring it. He'll bring it. Just renew your prayer life in faith. Refreshing. You know, God is good always. That means no matter where you're at, and, and I know that's easier to say than do, but no matter where you're at in life, God is good. He didn't ever change that. I tell you, as you begin to respond, and God is, for some of you, He's just refreshing things that He already told you, but for some, I want you to really come to church with an ear, a very fine-tuned ear, because God is going to speak to you something specific that is going to be, that's it right there. God, I'm running with it. And I'm telling you, the orchestration, what we're, what we're praying now, we're praying with a faith that says that right now as we speak, that there's a, a supernatural orchestrating behind the scenes. God is moving. You don't know who God's going to use to meet your needs, so don't limit yourself. You just let God be God. Amen. And you reproduce this in your daily walk with God, and God's going to help you. Amen. We're going to dismiss... We're going to do a water baptism.
But really come tonight. Let's just get in his presence. Let's petition his throne. Just refresh the things you know to do. God does the supernatural. All we can do is what we do. Right? So let's believe God. Let's bow our heads together as we rejoice. My brother Joe Russell is going to lift his voice and dismiss us. Yes, amen.